0: Hey now, welcome into the State of Combat with the Brian Campbell. This is your WWE Instant Analysis. Folks, you know the voice that you're hearing right now. It's your boy, the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Breaker, breaker, on the number line, 71s, twos, threes, fours, and fives. We got Outback Jack Crosby over, not in Philadelphia, but close enough, in Pennsylvania, uh, sipping on a Miller Light right wow. now. I had a nice Southern Tier cinnamon roll beer earlier uh, but we are here to break down wwe tlc and we're really not going to waste much time jack i i kind of want to just get right into this pay-per-view you know three and a half hours or so not overly long uh short card eight match card if you include the kickoff show and i want to start really just with a breakdown of the entire show an overall grade overall thoughts on what we got sunday night i think it's fair to say that despite Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch being on this card, Charlotte Flair as well. This, is, this was a C pay-per-view from WWE in terms of a level. Uh, they, there were no singles title matches on the pay-per-view. I can't even remember the last time that happened on like a real pay-per-view yeah. show. Um, like I said, the big mm-hmm. names, a couple of big names were there, but they weren't necessarily featured. Becky wasn't in a singles match. Roman was, but it was against the Baron Corbin who's not a massive star despite him being one of the top heels in the company right now so i think it was a c-level show and Mm. if i'm being completely honest the first half of the show they had me i was really buying into everything that was happening it made sense even through the kfc spot in the uh, impromptu (laughs) wwe raw tag team championship match they still had me through that because i'm cool with that stuff but the second half of the show or the latter third if you will They kind of lost me. I thought it was a little bit overbooked. The main event, while I enjoyed it, I felt some of it was sloppy. There's reasons for that. We'll get to. I got to say, I'm probably sitting at like a C-plus grade for the overall show, despite the fact that midway through, I was debating, hey, is this a B-plus? Is this an A-minus? That's kind of where I'm sitting right now. What about you?
1: No, you know, it's funny that you asked the question about overall show, because (laughs) right after the show, something hit me like an epiphany. It was like, because it, it was, it was middling around average where you are, you know, that C, C plus range. I thought to myself, you know, that was a show I pretty much enjoyed. And that was a show that sort of was a good indicator of where we are with like WWE Network specials as opposed to the old model. Whereas I was okay with that show being a network special off of what? 3 weeks of build or whatever.
0: Mid-December between Survivor Series and Royal
1: Rumble. 10 yeah. I mean I don't want to go back too far, but 10 years ago if I paid $60 for that, I'm pissed. Right. If I paid $60 to watch that, I'm pissed off. But $10 a month, few weeks of build, I was I was happy with it. Like that was how I I don't know why that just happened in my brain, but that was the first thought that came to mind.
0: I think that's completely fair. And we're coming off, let's not forget, I, I just mentioned a Survivor Series show that, you know, you and I did the incident analysis. By the way, Brian Campbell, not here. He just did UFC 245 in Las Vegas. Give him a little bit of a break. He took a, a Saturday night flight, <laughs> was... a, a Sunday, I think, actually Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, Sunday. To get back. So there, I don't even think it was possible for him to watch TLC and do an incident analysis. We're here. Don't worry. We got you. But um, I think last month when we were talking about Survivor Series, we said, you know what? That was like a B-plus show, maybe bordering A-minus or so, but it didn't have that one big moment. This, I don't think, came anywhere near that, but I also don't think the ceiling was there. I don't think it had the potential to ever be an A-show, but at the same time, while you feel, especially from the Raw matches, and it goes back to what we talk about every week on the podcast about Raw is delivering for what we want WWE to be, and SmackDown kind of isn't. The Raw stuff, it got you feeling like, yeah, they know what we want and they're booking it that way and it's coming together nicely and the stuff makes sense. And the SmackDown stuff is just, man, this is like 100% Vince and it's overbooked to some points and when are we going to get out of this zone? And I think you're going to see that as we break down this card match by match, Jack. But overall, like as you said, I was entertained by the show. I saw some people online saying... It was horrible. I think that is a massive exaggeration to call this a disaster or anything of the fact. I mean, you're I think people forget some of the pay-per-views that WWE gave us, you know, last year at this time, let's say, OK, where this was simply not that bad. But at the same time, I don't think it was that good. And with that, I kind of want to start with the main event, which I think was a microcosm for the entire show. You had the Kabuki Warriors defending the Women's Tag Team Championships. Against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair a super team uh, in the main event in a TLC match which is a ladder match and it had all the elements it was well booked in terms of the progressions the high spots everything made sense for what they were trying to do I thought the finish with the rope Oscar pulling the ladder out uh, from underneath Becky Lynch dropping her on the ropes climbing up getting the titles great finish very smart inventive something we have not seen in a ladder match before uh tying Becky to the ladder itself outside the ring again, very smart and different, having Kyrie sane in that match as a more diminutive 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 uh person um uh, going up against Charlotte Flair for a large portion of the match who was like a hoss you know in comparison to her and i don 't mean that with any disrespect whatsoever, just apples and oranges when you look at them um it, it created elements that were extremely interesting but I think it was sloppy. Um, I thought Becky, you know, completely missed her leg drop from the top rope, which ended up like n- crushing Asuka's sternum. Kyrie Sane, it looked like in the f- first like five minutes of the match, got concussed. I think she took a, a literally a TV to the head. I think like Becky or Charlotte threw a TV and it nailed her in the noggin. If it wasn't that, she took an exploder suplex into the um, ringside barrier that may have done it, but she was clearly not right, which... Sucks in any circumstance, yeah. but especially at the beginning of a match where you know now the rest of the match is kind of screwed up because of it. And credit to her, she gutted her way through it. I don't even know if she should have, to be honest with you, but she did. And WWE let her. That's another story for another day. Uh, but I thought the match, again, it had its high points. Uh, I thought the finish was smart. I thought the way it was booked was smart. But the execution really wasn't there for me. And while the t- right team ultimately won in the Kabuki Warriors and Asuka, getting another big moment at TLC, literally one year after she won yeah. the SmackDown Tag Team Championship and that other TLC match, which was far better than this, by the way. Um, it just kind of, it, it had the opportunity to be a great finish to the show. It was the right match to main event. But to me, it ultimately fell flat and was just kind of like ho-hum, which is now how I feel about the entire card.
1: See, even the ho-hum thing goes back to, again, I like I'm worried about Kyrie. That was concerning. Yeah, um, you know, she couldn't take the spear from Charlotte. The, the power bomb, the, the power bomb spot was the most telling of the match because Charlotte was picking up dead weight. Yeah. And Kyrie had no idea whatsoever that she was being picked up for a power bomb. No clue at all. Yep. yep. <clears throat> so credit to the other three, Asuka for carrying her weight on the team and the other three women for picking up the slack. Um, I just thought the booking was fine. It's just, you know, when you put four women like that in that spot, that main event spot, they're always going to go out there and they're going to try to blow the roof off the place. And sometimes that could be to their detriment. And that might that might have been what happened here. If you try to do too much, sometimes it could hurt you. And I think that's what might've happened here. Like these four women who are all talented, like four of the most talented women on the planet at this professional wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah. They just went out there and maybe tried to do a little too much. And then they were one piece of the puzzle short when Kyrie got knocked for a loop. So, you know, unfortunate circumstances that'll happen. Kyrie not being right was clear
0: for the latter two thirds or three quarters of the match. And it, it just detracted from what they were trying to do, exactly what you just said. Um, it was 26 minutes. I mean, uh, uh, as much as I love TLC as a, as a match concept, um, what do I rag on AEW for? I rag on them for choreographed, you know, hardcore spots, especially the the Bucks and Lucha Bros matches. You know, I hate those. <laughs> too hard, the two hardcore matches they have, I hate. People, Meltzer gave, Meltzer gave the main event of AEW on Wednesday night, a 4.5. I don't even know if it was the main event, but that tag match, a 4.5. And I wanted to, like, reach through my screen when I saw that grade, especially compared to uh, Leo Rush and Angel Garza, but I'm getting off track here. Um, this wasn't that. This wasn't over-choreographed. It wasn't over-booked in that manner. But when you give me a 26-minute TLC match and it's not involving, like, Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys,
1: yeah,
0: it's going to get a little unbelievable. And I think that is kind of what happened here. It stretched the imagination. It was slow in a lot of parts, in large part because Kyrie was hurt. That's and they were the trying, problem, yeah. They were trying to make up for it. So it was a really difficult spot for them all to be in. Now, that aside, the booking of the Kabuki Warriors winning, Asuka going on top at the end. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, you cannot have Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair win the titles. A lot of people thought they were going to. This was another opportunity for WWE to solidify that they're building Asuka strong, and Kyrie Sane for that matter, but not having them in the singles picture, it's another instance of the women's tag team titles being stronger than they ever have been, including Bliss and Cross and even Boss and Hug Connection. All that was positives for me. The negative I had with the finish, and we'll go right into this match, but as soon as they announced the Kabuki Warriors as the winners, less than five seconds later. Before, and for what? I, I don't even know if their music played. And if it did, like I said, it was five seconds they bring Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin back out there with the brawl in the backstage area. And it's just like, you can't even give her 30 seconds to celebrate for the, for the shine of the main event of a pay-per-view to be on Asuka and the women's division. You have to immediately go to Baron Corbin, Jack. And I'm going to transition this. We'll talk about that as well, but I want to transition into their match, the, the Corbin Roman Reigns match. I'll let you have first strike because I have a lot to say about it, but. I think this is kind of what I was saying earlier. This was really the most overbooked overbooked, uh, match on the entire card, and it is emblematic of what's wrong with SmackDown, even though Roman Reigns got the cheers that they wanted.
1: I love Roman Reigns. I love Baron Corbin. I do not love them together. The match was trash. It was trash. I don't want to see this continue, which is why it made me want to puke my guts up when they ended the show, not only ended the show with this nonsense, but interrupted Kyrie and Oscar celebration. This was, unless, unless the only thing I could have thought of was going back to Kyrie. Maybe this was a last minute, send them out there so we can make sure she's okay. That that's a possibility, maybe she was it, supposed that, to climb the ladder and celebrate with that. Is, so maybe they and, said, yeah. look, send them out there and we'll just end it like Roman spear them off. the." That is like, I will say that but that's but, but entire, but they started that but they, entirely uh, possible.
0: I'm going to interrupt you though. They started that brawl in the backstage area, multiple segments before. Now they could have just Let's had that brawl. out If they wanted to, it, it, it did. But and early in the match, as soon as the match started, they were saying, Hey, they're still brawling in the backstage area. So they foreshadowed that they were going to come back out at the end of the show. A minute into that match,
1: maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But no, I just I can't with these two. I need it's so tough because it just doesn't work right now. I I love Corbin, you know. I like the way he explained how he does his job on his appearance on backstage this week, which I'm sure we'll talk about later this week on the the normal episode of the podcast. Like that was great. I'm more endeared to the guy as a heel. Roman, you everyone, you you guys all know my thoughts on Roman. This just this ain't working. And then the shoehorner to a Ziggler in there with his little smack. I I can't I can't with this anymore.
0: And the and what we said, um, I forgot what day we taped this week. That's how long this week has been. But what we said on the regular episode previewing TLC is as long as this is a blow off, it'll be fine. And it's clearly not. It's clearly the continuation of a feud, and that's the biggest problem they have with Baron Corbin. The I way. have and the way they booked him a, because well, real quick, they they had him go, and I'll give you give you the floor in thirty seconds. They gave him pretty decent booking against Seth Rollins in terms of he was a good foil. It was the right time to have him, but they had it last three months and they're make, and it got tiring and old yeah. and, and fans hated it. Whereas had it been a month, six weeks, they probably could have gotten away with it. They're doing the exact same thing with Roman Reigns. He's the perfect foil for Roman because everyone hates Corbin legitimately. It's real heat, not Xbox heat and Roman Reigns is getting cheered more than he has in years. Their problem is they're now continuing a feud that people don't want to see, and people are going to boo, not just because it's Corbin, but because they're sick of seeing Corbin and Reigns together.
1: It's like, and during, like, Postman, like, why Why am I supposed to believe that no one wants to help Roman Reigns when he's getting his ass kicked? By, but why in the... But then, five minutes later... Oh, there they are in the backstage area. And, Sorry, we were eating. We couldn't make it out. Like, get the hell out of here.
0: And that was my, that was actually my biggest issue. And I had dropped that in our Slack. Uh, I was talking to our writer, Brent Brookhouse, who did the WWE TLC results and grades, which you can find on CBS sports.com. Um, it was, where's everyone else now had Ziegler come out and attacked him and then Chad Gable run out. Yeah. Right. Just, just Chad Gable. One person. And then The Revival came out to mitigate the situation and say, hey, Gable, F you. We're just going to kill Roman and help Baron Corbin win. OK, then it's four on two. Then it's a little bit believable. But you're, but to what you just said, you're telling me zero people backstage <laughs> saw a four on one attack that, by the way, didn't last 30 seconds. It lasted two or three minutes. A four on one attack and no one helped. By the way, the New Day, which were atop the ladders. As champions, they won their match earlier in the show. You could say they're as injured or less injured than the revival, considering they're the ones who won, right? Yeah. They can't come out. And then we, and then they have the, they have the balls, the jojones to show a brawl backstage where all these people are involved. Like you just said. And it's, and it's like, why do they have his back backstage? And why not do, why don't they have his back during the match that actually matters? Aside from all of that, something else that really, stood out to me as well. This is not the first TLC match they had that didn't have a title on the line or a contract on the line where it necessitates the latter portion of the match, right? But a TLC match ending in a one-two-three, 3 it feels wrong. It's not what that match is supposed to be. They should have done a dog collar match or a kennel from hell or a chairs match. Or something else. Just they all they really needed was chairs. They didn't need to go full TLC for it. If you're not gonna put the titles on top, uh, you know, hang it from the ceiling, um, and ha- and have someone go use a ladder to get it, then it's really not a TLC match for me.
1: It's I, I just want them to move. I'm not gonna lie. I just want them to move on from this. I don't care where either man goes from here. Like I I know, like I anticipate every week on the show that Roman's going to Bray for WrestleMania. See, I don't even care if Roman just kills time with someone else for a little bit. Like these two just aren't working together and they're losing the crowds is. This...
0: Well, uh, sorry. I, I, I don't think that they're not working because had they ended that match with just Ziegler interfering, let's say trips them up, eats the uh, eats deep six eats end of days gets pinned. Okay. But it was even
1: they, to they, me, they, that's tiring.
0: They booked, they, they made the same mistake with Roman reigns that they have made but they tried to give us a different result. So what they used to do with Roman the, and, and John Cena too, it was John Cena, Super Cena booking. The odds are so stacked against them. There is no way the big dog can come back from this, but he somehow hits Superman, punches Spears, a guy out of the ring, Spears, Corbin wins one, two, three. The only difference this time was they had him lose. And they think WWE bookers, Vince, Pritchard, whoever booked that think, well, because he didn't win, it's not really Super Cena booking. Well, no, it still is. Because you
1: needed four dudes to take him down. Not to mention. It's the same result, except you have him lose the match. Not to mention, you're also foreshadowing that, no, he didn't win tonight, but we know eventually he's going to. When it's one-on-one, you know he's going to win.
0: It it is a lose-lose. And what's amazing through it all is that, and we said it uh, a couple episodes ago when we talked about the rejuvenation of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, which I thought was a really good episode. But he has been rejuvenated. The fans are cheering for him. Yeah, he's not getting booed. He's not getting booed at the end of the show. They loved the spear spot. So you have the WWE universe, and I'm using the term despite it being a marketing slogan, literally in the palm of your hand. You could not get them there through all the times you were trying to push Roman. And now you have them. And they weren't doing a terrible job. They were not. But the dog food incident, while I did back it up, and I'm I was glad to see, by the way, that CM Punk on backstage, not... I'm not saying that because CM Punk said I was not that I was right but that he agreed with me um that doesn't mean that we're right everyone's entitled to their own opinion but I was happy to see that he was in line with what I was trying to say with the dog food stuff because I did think it was a unique way to get a lot of heat on someone and and have Roman look like man these odds are really stacked against him this is going to be tough but they kind of just took all of that from the fan in me who is not a nine-year-old kid who's predisposed to like Roman right and they flushed it down the toilet again they're like We're still going to give this guy crap booking. We're not going to treat him like a true superstar. He is, you know, even, even Steve Austin, when the odds were stacked against him, someone came out to help him.
1: Yeah. Like, it's just, it was so unbelievable. I'm watching Roman Reigns getting his ass kicked. And I'm thinking back to survivor series, how the Rob rah speeches, and he's our leader. And the guys like Gable and Ali. And I'm like, how in the world is no one coming to help this man? And
0: the locker room leader stuff was smart because it was coming out of the blood money in the sand. They were kind of teasing a little real life thing. And they had those guys going about that as captains for the Survivor Series team. Yeah. That part of the storyline should have ended at Survivor Series. They're still telling the locker room leader story a month later. And now we're taking this into the Royal Rumble. Now, listen, I hope they're smart enough that we got a long way until the Royal Rumble, by the way. It's not like it's two weeks away. It's I think it's four, five, maybe six weeks which away. Which I love, by the which way. Which is great. So, so what I really hope is they give this feud re- resolution in a big built-up main event on SmackDown on Fox, like three weeks from now, they make they build it up. This match is going to happen. It's going to have this stipulation, whether it's a never fight again or, or whatever the case is, and then let these guys ha- have Roman eliminate Corbin from the Royal Rumble and end it for good at that point. You know what I mean? They have that opportunity, like but that, yeah. just do not put these guys in a single match at the Royal Rumble. No,
1: no, 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 no. no. And if it. you, again, like you said, the beauty part is they are allotted a good amount of time here between this and the Royal Rumble. So you you have those Friday nights, you have it on Fox, set up one blow off match on SmackDown and end this. Go away. Absolutely. Now we are going to speak a
0: lot of positives about wwe tlc i I just want everyone to know that this is not meant to be a completely negative show because there were a lot of good things that happened on tlc on sunday night and we're going to get to them after this word from our friends and sponsors cbs wednesday we have so many cool diverse people from different backgrounds different beliefs different upbringings and it just keeps growing citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm
1: the queen of the tribe.
0: I'm a I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game four speed.
1: I ain't going down like no punk.
0: <laughs> a new
1: Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. World,
0: what brings you to the
1: shy? Opportunity.
0: Everybody get down!
1: Walk right up to the side. a new rain is coming to the south side
0: never should a center boy to do a woman's job the shy new episodes now streaming visit paramountplus.com slash the shy to get a 50 percent discount off the paramount plus with the showtime annual plan offer ends july 14th the subscription auto renews restrictions apply all right we're back and i did tease that we're gonna speak positively about wwe tlc I did forget one other match, though, that happened in the show. So give me a couple minutes on that. It's the Rusev-Bobby Lashley match. uh oh match. And here's the thing. Uh, First of all, not that it matters at all, but in our WWE TLC pre- predictions, Jacko, the Silver King went 7-0 and undefeated. Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. That's what I'm going for. Uh, Why did I go undefeated? Because I predicted this match, and it was not tough to predict. Because anytime you have a tables match, it gives an easy out for the face to lose the match. And that's exactly what happened here with Rusev. Now, I, I have to say, I liked the finish. It was smart. Lana coming in, raking his eyes, Bobby spearing him. I also loved, by the way, the spear didn't work. It didn't crush the table. Um, and Bobby had the immediate presence of mind to suplex him into the table yeah. on the other end of the ring. Real that's that's like a veteran. Uh uh a younger, you know, 5 6 years in WWE may not have that presence of mind that Bobby did. And I thought that was fantastic. Um so I, I did like the finish. So that's the positive. The finish was great. Um the match sucked. And yes, it went so bad. And the storyline is just here's the, it, it it just it doesn't work anymore. They they I'd say A third of every segment involving this trio works and is great. Another third is just mediocre. Okay, I'm done. I don't want to see it. And the other third is awful. This probably fell right in the middle for me. There were moments that were good. The kendo stick usage was good. Lana pulling the table out of the ring initially. That was solid. But it just felt the entire time I couldn't get this out of my head, Jack. It felt like nothing was on the line. It felt like, yes, it was, it was a, a brawl. It was Rusev who wanted retribution against Lashley. But they even tried to sell it on commentary, and I couldn't believe it. They're like, if Lashley wins, what happens? And Samoa Joe and, and Jerry the King Lawler, they didn't have an answer. And then they, they figured something out. They were talking through it. And they go, well, what happens if Rusev wins? And it was like, well, he gets back at his ex-wife. I was like, "Okay, does he get a restraining order where he never has to see her? Is she kicked off of Raw? Uh, d- does Bobby have to go to SmackDown? Like, what is actually at stake here other than revenge?" And yes, to be fair, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, there was nothing on the line, but it felt like there was. There was a uh, there was a, a deep seated resentment. Pride. There was pride on the pride line. On the line. Yeah, here Rusev just was a beaten down man lashley's already won lana they're already divorced they could have done hey i still want to fight for you i'm only going to sign the divorce papers if i lose then you have her and bobby fighting for the divorce and rusev fighting against it because he wants to stay married he wants to work it out but they put nothing on the line here and it just felt to me like i was watching something i didn't care about and outside of a pretty blasé storyline had no reason for happening.
1: No, this, this, I was almost, I don't want to say heartbroken. I was disappointed because for weeks and weeks now, every weekend, we've talked about the ups and downs of this storyline, more ups than downs. Really? Yeah. yeah. You think about it, more ups, as crazy as it is, more ups than downs. But eventually you got to get in that ring, and then that's where it matters. It's like, okay, so that's where you find out. Is this feud slash storyline slash angle worthwhile? Nope. No, it's not. It's it, it's just no, that match, like you said, you said it sucked. It, it was did. a sucky match. Creative booking for the finish, yeah. Uh, but no, this sucked. And I think that these two we just talked about not doing Roman and Corbin at the Rumble. I think this is probably gonna get a blow off at the Rumble because I think that they think this is such good TV stuff that they're going to drag this out another six weeks or so on tv they're going to try their they can't. best
0: uh, again just just like the reigns corbin though this is something i hope they have the foresight to understand that you want to do two more weeks and have oh. a big and have a big blow off main event even on raw fine
1: i'll do I it i don't think I see, I, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to, I think you, they're going to try to put this on TV for another six weeks, especially now that the heels have the upper hand and Rusev is getting all these pops and whatnot. They're going to try to milk this. And I don't think that's a good idea. I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I will, we'll see like tomorrow. like This is what I like coming out of this. Like tomorrow's raw is what is one of the ones I look forward to the most, because now here we go. We're out of the dead period. We're going into WrestleMania season. What do you got? Yeah. So we're going to find out a lot tomorrow. But this is one of the points I'm really looking forward to seeing tomorrow because I want to know what they're going to do with this. I want to see. I want a clearer indication of where we're going.
0: So I just te- I just checked the calendar and confirmed it is six weeks, January twenty sixth. Oh, thank God. So we have. I think that I think that means. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is six. I just yeah, it is six weeks until Royal Rumble, which does give us all of this time. I'm a little less hopeful though that they're going to immediately start getting us into that territory because it is the holiday season. And let's not forget, um, during Christmas, during New Year's week, not that they put nothing on TV, but there's a lot of like six man tags. It seems like we're destined for Reigns, Corbin, like a, an eight man tag match on SmackDown with those guys main eventing SmackDown this upcoming Friday. Uh, it seems like on Raw, I don't know, you know, they're going to drag it. I think think they will take Rollins-Owens up until Royal Rumble, which is good. But some of the other, including the women's storyline, I I could see another two weeks of them and the Kabuki Warriors in some combination before they branch off into whatever Becky Lynch's single storyline is going to be.
1: By the way, real quick, kudos to WWE, and they don't do this often, but kudos to them for not jumping the gun and telling Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins to take the night off. And I'm not talking about a match. I understand they couldn't do a match, but they could have done something. But they just told them, we just you know, we just got this angle off to a hot start on Monday. Take the night off. We're just not going to feature it. We'll pick this back up on Monday.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think it's I think Owens getting stomped outside on the concrete the way he did, that made sense. Rollins really didn't have much reason to be there. I suppose they could have cut a pre-recorded promo with exactly. the authors, authors of Pain. They could have done that, but I mean, they, they, they gave
1: us a uh, flashback segment, you know, on what happened you Monday did, on Raw. But, but you, did, you, you did say, though, like Owens got stomped on the curb? But how many times has WWE just defied all of that logic just for the sake of getting something on television? They didn't no. do that this time. They no. Just, and that, they told both of them, take the night off. Enjoy yourselves. We'll see you Monday.
0: No, and, and that was the right decision. Um, if you're not going to have titles on the line, if you're not going to have... You know, your main stars on the show in many ways. Obviously, like I said, I, I admitted Lynch, Flair and Reigns and were there. But if you're not going to have like the, you know, I don't know how to put it, but some of the most popular superstars and the biggest titles that you have on the show. Then you kind of have to save something for a TV. And I don't mind them doing that. TV is paying them a lot more money than they're getting from the WWE network. And they're, they're certainly not driving in subscribers for these B and C pay-per-views. So that's fine with me. Okay. Moving off of the crap. Let's talk about things that we really liked coming out of WWE TLC. And I think we should start because this really was one of the main events with the Bray Wyatt Mismatch. Wyatt coming out in his full Firefly Funhouse. Mr. Rogers regalia to the theme with the blue, un, blue universal championship. I almost said blue universal, <laughs> which probably, which probably would have worked to be honest with you. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, I saw some people kind of commenting that it was boring. I put a poll on Twitter to kind of see what our listeners thought I would say. I said, Hey, you know, am I going to hero this or zero this? And 64% said I would hero it. And I got to be honest, that's great. It, it's good that like you guys kind of understood where my head was at while I was watching it was it slow absolutely were there parts of it where it's like what's gonna happen here why is it being booked this way was the crowd dead at parts absolutely it was but they're trying to do something completely unique and different that they've never done before and it really worked in every way they allowed this Mr. Rogers character again for lack of a better like description to be vulnerable but yet still impervious to pain in many ways, the way the fiend would be. He was able to react as more of a human popping his shoulder back into place, um, laughing, you know uh, when the fiend showed up on the screen at the end on the Tron, he had a reaction to it. Like the fiend is not him. It's something that's external from him that, you know, it maybe possesses him. It gave yeah. the character depth it gave the storyline depth. And then certainly having him win was important but bringing back Daniel Bryan with the maroon clothes, with the American dragon look um, kind of like how he did. De- I know that this is how he looked in ring of honor and elsewhere, but how he debuted in WWE, you know, as on, on the original NXT as a member of Nexus later, it was such a cool throwback to see Bryan looking like him, his old self in WWE. I just thought it wasn't the most action packed segment, the match in particular, but from a storyline and a storytelling perspective, I don't know what else you could want from w w e than for them to go outside the box and try things that are new, and that was all outside the box and all new
1: no I, I love the Bray. like I was obviously I'm not the only one, but coming in I wanted to see how they were gonna present Bray Wyatt and I loved him just coming out to the full fly firefly funhouse theme without it being interrupted and the slapping the hands with the fans on the way down and the happy go lucky the you know, the complete polar opposite of what The Fiend is. I love that. The match with The Miz was crap. Could have done it without that. Like, that was just, no. They had like to that. have it, though. They, they had to like... have a match. They, they didn't like... there's, there, there's other ways they could have done that than a match with The Miz. They could have done a Miz TV segment or something. The match itself was straight garbage. Never want to see it again. Eh, um, I didn't mind it but Brian, the end game was Brian. And man, this dude it's just more and more like the, there is no one that can hold a crowd in the palm of their hands like daniel bryan it's just insane how the guy he was holding up one finger at one point during that post-match beatdown just one finger and those fans were jumping out of their seats to do the, he didn't even pull his arm up he just held up one finger and they were it, it just i mean in a way, you almost wish WWE could call an audible and just say let it, tell a story where Brian can end the fiend, because that's what that's what people want. I mean, I know I know I've talked up the Reigns thing the last couple of weeks, which is probably where they're going, and I still don't have a problem with it. But man, I mean, this Daniel Bryan thing is just incredible.
0: I think it has to be where they're going just based on the timeline. So, like like we said, six months to the Rumble. I think you can build for a title match there. I think there's time. You know, there, there's only oh, yeah. There's only really like. Even though it's six weeks, there's probably, if, if you take a holiday episode out and the go-home doesn't really matter, it's probably like three weeks of real TV booking, storytelling that you actually have to do to make this work. You can even leave them off a show completely if you want. So they can get to the Rumble, but I just don't know how you last another three months to WrestleMania after that. I, I don't think you can. No, and, you're not going to do it. And that's fine. And that's fine. But you're right. It the transformation continuing the story of everyone who faces the fiend leaves as a changed person for some people they're reverting uh, for some, actually i think almost everyone is reverting in some way or another in brian's case it's to a face character in roland's case it was to more of a heel and i heavily criticized the miz tv segment with brian and the fiend the initial one the very beginning yeah, of the this first, feud Um, and I still feel justified in it because, in when I, what I was saying at the time was when you have two great talkers, you don't need a third, put them in something else that you can actually use them. But again, to give WWE credit, and it's something that we are seeing on Raw and SmackDown, they are long term booking or longer term booking. And we have to give them credit for that, even if you don't. And in this case, we do like the storyline, so it's good, but even if you don't love the storyline, they they have multiple characters on both shows right now where they have already been telling storylines that date back to October, if not earlier, July, August, September, that they are still coming to fruition, or uh, not still coming to fruition, but still ongoing now with the idea that they come to fruition around WrestleMania. I think they're doing something with Ali and Gable in a tag team situation. Reigns, I obviously, as as you just said, I think they're heading to something with The Fiend. On, on Raw, there's clearly directions for, for Rollins and Becky and, and Charlotte. I, and This is emblematic of that, and I've said that word like 100 times to, tonight already. Uh, my vocabulary, I think, gets diminished around uh, 1130 in the morning. But, but it, it is because they, despite the match not being great, they took a segment of the show and they delivered something to me that is memorable. I'm not going to forget what I saw tonight regarding – Bray Wyatt, and then the return of Daniel Bryan. He was only gone for a couple of weeks, but in that manner, and we all knew it was telegraphed. He's pulling his hair out. We know he's coming back shaved head, right? But the way they pulled it off, he didn't interrupt the match. It happened after the match. The fiends kind of not music, but his light situation happened and, and Wyatt thought he was coming and then it stopped. He pulled out the mallet. He thought the fiend wanted him to do something and then the lights go out and then Bryan pops up. I mean, it was just great. And, I think they are succeeding with Bray Wyatt really where they failed with Matt Hardy because the broken character had this type of potential. It did. And granted, Wyatt got hurt right in the middle. We don't know where they would have gone. They were a tag team. It was working. Who knows what would have happened? Then, you know, Matt already kind of transitioned back into the Hardy boys with Jeff. Jeff got hurt and now also has other legal issues. So Matt's kind of off TV. They don't really have much to do with him. Although he has had a couple squash matches where he's been the one getting squashed, but they had an opportunity with the broken character to do exactly what they're doing with the fiend failed, but they're succeeding right now. And I think they deserve props for it.
1: Even like as great as Matt Hardy is. And I applauded that character when it debuted in TNA, which was pretty much on the tail end of my TNA viewing, which was pretty much for Matt and the, that whole broken character. Bray Wyatt's just a genius, man. He is a genius of our time. And when all this, I don't know where his career is going. And the scary part is it's still in the early stages. But this dude is going to go down as maybe the most genius character slash worker, whatever you want to call it. And even after he's done wrestling, if this guy ends up being a booker or a creative person, whatever you want to call them these days somewhere, some company is going to be lucky because it, the the shit that comes out of his brain is it's amazing and this is this is him this is mostly him i, I said it on the show a week a week or two weeks ago he gets the freedom from vince to do what he wants and let's and, not forget let's not forget the original character was great too it got completely overplayed but the wyatt character the white family was it was fantastic he the, the promos he cuts in like he really did a fantastic job of making the fiend and Bray Wyatt two separate people, yet the tendencies are the same. Like you said tonight, like there were just little bits of the fiend in that match, but not too much. Well, it's like when, when he was doing the Pentagon,
0: when Miz was doing the Pentagon and trying to rip his shoulder off, Wyatt's shoulder off, he was manically laughing. He, he was laughing. Right, and, and and impervious to pain, which, by the way, he finally explained in the promo last week or two weeks ago where he was kind of like look i basically got it in my head just to not feel pain ms you need to not feel love that's the only way you're ever going to beat me um and and by the way we don't really have an opportunity to talk about it i mean i guess theoretically we could on this upcoming week show although i have a feeling we're going to concentrate more on current current storylines but dude the bray wyatt ms firefly funhouse
1: on the go home smackdown like the only that was incredible Oh, I was. The only thing, the only qualm I had about this match was non title match. I just want to tell the rest, like, it, it, sometimes it's just little things that will irritate me, don't even though sometimes, yeah, he shows Miz the title. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it, it's not for the title. So don't show him that. Just kick it out of the ring, get it out of there.
0: It was, yeah, that was a.
1: There were some botches tonight in terms of production,
0: mostly like in the truck, missing shots in the main event. Yeah. Missing shots throughout the whole show, to be honest with you. Uh, luckily, a lot of them Kevin don't on- take-
1: did, Ke- did Kevin take a sick night? Oh,
0: well, he, I don't, so I don't know that he actively is executive producer in terms of in the truck calling the shots anymore. I think he sets the guidelines now. Um, and if he is, maybe he is only for pay per view. So p- potentially, but man, they missed shots all night long uh, in this particular match, though. I just, I thought it was for the lack of excitement. I thought it was brilliant storytelling. And like I said, uh, the, the go home segment on SmackDown Friday night. Oh, it was really good. You can't get better than that. I mean, Oh my God. The, in you've seen their house from the reality show. So, you know, it's their house, right. And you know, the situation and how Maurice like is, you know what I mean? So it really tied like a reality show a little bit of real life into a storyline. freaking Monroe sky. I told my wife she
1: did great with the point. Who who, who, that girl has a future? Yeah, she did
0: great. They were really smart that they not only had Bray like invade the baby monitor with Firefly Funhouse, but they had, they showed dolls in her crib and then they showed an actual one, actual doll in her. I, I mean, I could talk about that for 45 minutes. It was Freaking great. Good for them on this storyline. Everything's going well. Which I uh,
1: know how crazy people are on this internet. Yeah. I immediately saw, and I, I shit you not, about 30 people they hated say, it. that doll looked just like Liv Morgan. I'm oh, like, will uh, you people
0: stop it? Hey, lives on Raw. Like, literally got drafted to Raw. They're, they're, they looked like Liv Morgan. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with you people? No. It looked like a woman who was... Demon esque, you know, fiend esque. That's all it was. Uh, a couple more matches here. We'll break down just in order from, you know, closest to the end of the show off to the kickoff show. Viking Raiders against the OC. It was a, um, yeah. it was a. Uh, what's a What am I? What's the term I'm looking for? Like a call
1: out match. Well, I'm so open, late. Open challenge.
0: Open challenge. Viking Raiders come out. I I didn't at all put this together. They're in freaking Minnesota, so they're. Oh, that was so fans, cool, wasn't it? And the fans did the skull chant. And it really made sense now why they were doing that with the Viking Raiders. So they were totally over with the crowd in a match in a booking storyline. Didn't really have any reason to be. Only thing I'm going to say about this and ended in a a double count out, which I'm fine with because it was a meaningless match. Anyway, people all upset online about like the KFC advertisement during the match and the table of food and then what and then it get getting used at the end of the match. You want to know how many problems I had with that? 0.0 0. 0.0 you can't have a problem with kfc but be okay with cracker barrel or well, rick for- and morty masks it, it's product placement it didn't factor into the match itself it was something after the match zero problem
1: it's a, it's not an aew thing. i always tell people with this w because this was before aew with the cracker barrel stuff here's the thing let me let me tell you if you do have a pro- if you're listening to this and you do have a problem with that I would not put you in charge of my business whatsoever because if KFC comes to you and says, "Hey, we would like to pay you a really really significant sum of money to give us a little advertisement on your show." Well, no, it doesn't fit my pro wrestling storyline. Get out. Then you are the worst business person in the I'll let them put whatever they want yeah. on my TV show. It, it... I'll let them line that thing up with all the extra crispy they want. If they're going to pay me,
0: it doesn't ruin America's got talent that they have Dunkin' Donuts cups on the set. It doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't ruin raw back in the day when they had um, like Mountain Dew code red on the announcer's desks in front of like Jerry, the King Lawler. They did that in the past. This didn't ruin anything. I actually thought it was kind of fun. I actually thought it was kind of funny ultimately because they didn't have anyone dressed like the Colonel. They didn't do any of the corny stuff. They had people eating food. And then after the match was over, they utilized a table at tables ladders and chairs and threw someone through it it was fine it's it's the best use of KFC food i've ever seen i don't know i don't know what else you would do with KFC food other than that so it was, it was some
1: people life. aren't familiar with it some of our pro wrestling fans the greatest college football coach of all time nick saban i was thinking he, does, he does his press conferences every week he has a bottle of coke yeah in, for, on on the podium with him nick saban does not drink coke but he has it in <laughs> front of him It's been because the Alabama football program tells him he has to, it's been untouched for
0: like 11 years. It's the same bottle. It's just sitting there. Yeah. Like it's, it's fine. So product placement, zero point zero problem with it. Match was fine. It ended up being a pretty cool moment. Like I said, with the skull and the Vikings fans. And I do think it's interesting that they had a WWE pay-per-view in Minneapolis, the same day as a Vikings game. Granted, the game was, you know, in uh, San Diego or, or not San Diego in Los Angeles. Um, I think all the fans probably traveled there anyway because it felt like a Vikings game I was watching on TV anyway. But uh, I don't know. I I do think that impacted attendance a little bit. I believe it was a 4 o'clock game. It was. It was a 4.05 game. I have a feeling a lot of people didn't go to that show that otherwise would have because they didn't want to miss the end of the Vikings game. The crowd was okay. Uh, People were praising it online. I thought it popped in the right spots in many cases, but it was silent for large swaths of of the show. And it goes to show you... When you talk about a match like Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy, which great match. If I had the soundboard, you'd hear Sasha barking in the background. You'd hear when we think of Buddy Murphy, all we can think of is sex. You'd hear the, all the sound drops, the sirens going off. It was freaking fantastic, okay? If you took that exact match, blow for blow, moment for moment, and transported it to an AEW television show, Meltzer would give it five stars because the crowd would go epically insane. In this match, the thing that hurt it for me, the crowd did pop for many moments, but these guys, their styles are of, in times, the slower variety where they worked on limbs for periods of time. There were a lot of kicks. It wasn't just flips and and fast wrestling and dives and things like that. For me, I loved it. I mean, it was 13 minutes. I don't think it was long enough to give it an insanely high rating. It was probably a four-star match, 4.25 maybe, but... If you took that and transplanted it, I'm telling you, people would lose their shit. That AEW
1: match. This like this was pure sex. Watching these two do this, start to finish, these two, I these two. If I had to pick anything, they're going to wrestle for the WWE championship one time at a WrestleMania. Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. It's going to happen. Either that or the Universal Title in the main event. It's going to like you got that. I I wanted to see these two in the ring. I really, because even with two talented guys like that, if the chemistry is not there, it's just not there. We've seen it before with, with talented guys in all different promotions. These two got it together. Yeah, they got it. And the finish, I cannot praise the finish enough because you want to talk about not making Buddy Murphy look bad. All he did was he made one mistake and walked into it. Football teams make crucial, great football teams make crucial mistakes in games, great any great sports will make a crucial mistake buddy was on the offensive he was going 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 he made one little mistake and Alistair Black capitalized and that was it
0: you know what it wasn't even a mistake they were just trading blows and Alistair Black found the opening it was very much like a, a UFC kind of it, it you know what it was kind of similar to Usman Covington not you know I'm not a huge UFC fan but they stood up and and fought the entire match you know, it was stand up. They they didn't really wrestle much, but the ending combination, if you will, for Usman, he caught him.
1: That just was no, like No, that they, was a methodical. But, but that's that's for no, just, that was methodical.
0: It was. But what I'm saying is, is that what I'm saying is, it was more like a real fight in that you're going back and forth. They were trading kicks and punches, and the kick that happened to land for Alistair Black was Black match ending the match.
1: And, and sometimes you're afforded, like you know, just as something intervenes like Aleister Black, I feel bad for him. He got his nose busted up, Yeah, but that added it to did. the match the, you know, it, it, it's not the same thing, but akin to, you know, Austin bleeding from the head when Brett had him in the sharpshooter at WrestleMania 13, Aleister Black getting his nose busted up, just added to everything. Cause it made buddy look better. Like, yeah. Hey, this, he's kicking his ass. Yeah. And then Aleister Black, boom, good night.
0: No, Aleister Black look, look, like a total badass, which he is with buddy Murphy. I'm going to say this. You guys know BC praises him. I love him. Jack likes him, obviously, as well. They need to do something from a character perspective with him. Um, promos look. I'm fine with the trunks. I'm fine with everything. The name is fine. All that's good. The music. They he had really good music. They made it far worse. It's just generic as can be. They got to give this guy something. They have to. I don't. I don't know what it is, but a twist to his character. I don't want him to have a catchphrase necessarily, but something that really stands out and sets him apart from other people where you say this guy is special, not just a great guy. Yeah, worker. because
1: we've seen it. Like, Daniel, like Brian Danielson is arguably in the top three of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, especially in the ring. However, Brian Danielson did not become a mainstream star until he started screaming yes right. and pointing his fingers in the air. Unf- that's not a bad thing. That's just how professional wrestling works.
0: Buddy Murphy is like Becky Lynch before the man. You yeah. know, you know yes. they're really good, and and he's far more talented in the ring. I don't, I don't. But you know they're really good. You know they have superstar. I don't mean to use the WWE term, but massive main event potential. But they need that mm, that one
1: thing. And they'll that find he got it. it. Find he will it. find it. He will. He'll, he'll find it. It'll yeah. come, and it, it might come at the most unexpected time. But it'll come.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I I also I hate when WWE cuts people's names. I really do. I wouldn't mind if they just called him Murphy.
1: Ah, uh, no, I don't. D- I d- depending
0: I like on depending on the depending on the angle he gets, depending on the character, it could make sense to kind of. Buddy is a little bit happy-go-lucky. It's a little bit nice, Buddy the Elf. You know, it's a little bit in that vein. If they did that, I know it has sentimental value to him as well. So I'm not trying to poo-poo on that. But my point is. He's just almost there. Like even Andrade, like has it already because he has this the suave, yeah. you know, confidence in him. Buddy is just right now a guy who's a good wrestler and he's tough to beat, but he gets beat. He needs that one other thing. All right, two more matches here. Uh, it opened the show, the ladder match between New Day and Revival. New Day retained the titles. Uh, my criticism, my only criticism, really is on a match with on a, on a show with multiple TLC matches, generally you don't need to have a ladder match cuz TLC matches are ladder matches. I think it worked this time because Reigns Corbin was not a ladder match. Ultimately, it was a ended in pinfall or submission. Yeah. So, having this ended up working. These guys sold out. Big E was the star of the match for me. I mean, and that, and that goes to, with Kofi being incredible, but we've seen it <laughs> with Kofi yeah. so many times that Big E was just like every time he did something um the spear through the ropes, him taking the, I forgot the move, but he took a splash. He took another move on a ladder that broke. And by the way, uh, the paint chipped as well. It was not one of the like rigged wooden ladders. It was a fiberglass ladder. This guy broke a fiberglass ladder twice. Um, So I thought Biggie was the star. Certainly Kofi has the highlights, but it was another great performance for New Day. Another great performance for the revival, a great match to open the show. And I don't know what else to
1: say. It was just, it was top notch. No, the perfect opener that, that was, you know, WWE, a lot of times I'll give them credit for this on these pay-per-views, whether they go off the rails or not, they're really good at figuring out what's good to open the show. If you look back, a lot of WWE pay-per-view openers are really, really, they, they know what they're doing in that, They know what's going to work to get the crowd generated for the night. And this was perfect. Like you Mm -hmm. said.
0: It really was, and it was 1920. It was the third longest match on the card, but it didn't feel like it. Whereas Corbin Reigns did, and Kabuki Warriors against Lynch and Flair did feel long. Yeah. This this was just great. And again, this goes back to what I said with the women's tag team match to end the show. Such an inventive ladder match finish with Kofi's legs through the ladder and kind of hanging there horizontal, like unable to do anything. We did just see the swing the thing as being contested to hit the guy in the head on NXT like a couple of weeks ago yeah. with the briefcase with Adam Cole. So that wasn't so inventive. Um, but the Kofi spots in the match were just incredible. And ultimately, man, New Day's great. And credit to WWE also because, you know, they took the title off Kofi and we hated the way they did it in eight seconds and he never got a rematch, so on and so forth. He's explained why because he's a face and what's he really going to say? He just got beat in eight seconds, but they're still booking him extremely strong and this was another yeah. exa- example of that. Uh Jack Last but not least uh, Umberto Creo versus Andrade was a kickoff match. It was just a rematch basically of uh, their last match on Raw. Creo won again. Um you know, it was about 13 minutes. I just thought it was maybe one of the best kickoff show matches I've seen.
1: Uh, these two, man. Like uh, you know, I know a lot of you guys, a lot of you listeners, you hit me up either DM or sign on, on Twitter like that this this Latin handsome movement that's going on Angel Garza's the NXT Cruiserweight champion you got Andrade Humberto it's it's taken over it's taken over WWE that's the era we're in now but uh I I'm not a huge fan of this uh Andrade Zelina thing they're doing here I don't like it because I'm telling you right now they're trying to figure out a way to get Charlotte with Andrade and I don't I don't think that's the best move. I'm sorry. I just don't. Th- I don't think it's the best move. I completely I can agree. see it a mile away. That's no, what they're trying to do.
0: I, I completely agree. My hope is because it's Taman and because it's raw, they're workings. My hope is that they're pulling an old attitude era trick where it, not an attitude era trick, an old wrestling trick, where it looks like the manager's on the outs and things aren't going well and they are not trusting each other and blah, blah, blah. And maybe they even split up for a week or two, but then he or she is right there when they need him for the big match and helps them win. And they're back together and they're laughing because they got one over. Literally, they just had Paul Heyman do it with Brock and it was a little bit different because it didn't happen in matches. It was more promos and, and Brock pushing him aside and things like that. Um, and in this case, Andrade's um, lost two matches. So they're certainly not doing it on purpose as a in kayfabe. They're not doing it on purpose. Um, but my hope is that like they have a match with Creo. She runs out there. It seems like Andrade's pissed at her, but then she hits Carrillo. Andrade gets a pinfall. This feud ends. They're back together and they go on a run because, because you're hundred percent right. It feels like they're trying to put Andrade with, with Charlotte. Uh-huh. That is a disaster for yep. Andrade because it's unnecessary. And from a star factor, he Look, would be overshadowed by her. And Zelina is perfect for him.
1: I know a lot of people forget this because it was a long time ago. It was a very long time ago. But when LaSombra came here as the decorated former champion that he was and everything, the future, when he came here, it was so bad with that whole top hat and the suspenders and that crap. He wanted to go back to Mexico. In a last-ditch effort, Triple H and that creative team said, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. What if we pair you with her? And not only did it work, it was just the chemistry is undeniable with those two. And then before we do it, he's the NXT champion and match of the years. And this, Oh my God, this is incredible. You can't do this. And I am just, I'm telling you like the fear is because they're, it's not to say that WWE tells these, their contractors that they can't talk about their real life relationships. But Charlotte is starting to be more open any like lately in the last few weeks about her relationship with Andrade? Like, as if someone kind of told her, yeah, you could start talking about it. Like, start letting everyone know that you're with him, even though they could see it on social. I get that, but still, she's talking about it a little more than she was. And with this happening, I'm putting the pieces together in my head and I'm going, oh, please don't do this. This is, a, it's a bad idea.
0: No, it, it ultimately would be um, Andrade and Zelina are just... They're perfect, and she is exactly what he needs to be that megastar because his English is getting better. And credit to him, by the way, for working on that. Oh yeah, he did. I know that. I know that he asked. I think he asked Paul or Vince. I forgot who it was. What do I need to do? Like, what is it? And they're like, "You really need to learn how to speak English better." (laughs) Um, and and credit to him for doing that. But he he can become fluent in English. But she's still going to be better on the mic in terms of. Just She's truly fluent and and she's a good, a good worker as well. She brings so many elements to the matches themselves even if you always want him to win clean because he's such a good wrestler having her there to help him when he can't win clean still win is such a necessary element for a heel because you're not going to make him face. So I unlike you, I'm not going to be a pessimist which is rare for the Silver King. I'm not going to be a pessimist. <laughs> I think that even if they do split up, it'll be short-lived. I'm hoping that he does not go with Charlotte Flair. I think it may be a situation where they split, he loses three matches, begs her to come back, and they kind of tell the NXT story of how in NXT it was she convinced him to stop partying, get more serious, and then led him to the it title. It was so
1: great. It was such in, a good story.
0: Where in this case, he thinks he can do it without her realizes he can't, can't. get her back and then she leads him to the intercontinental championship or the wwe championship maybe after wrestlemania so i think they are telling a good story i hope but i do have a the same concerns as you
1: yeah we're i'm seeing, nervous but
0: like, we're seeing what looks like a split up storyline but i think paul Heyman's gonna
1: serve us yeah i'm legit Hold nervous that. like i'm nervous about it. I, I every time like tonight after that uh Kickoff match. I did. I was. I was. I was like shaking. I was like, "Please do not
0: do this." Okay, it's been a great show. We've covered WWE TLC. A full week of State of Combat programming for you coming up. I don't have the entire schedule in front of me, so I can't exactly tell you what's coming, but BC will have MMA episodes, boxing episodes, and we will be back with a wrestling episode of State of Combat on Thursday this week. We're going to talk two episodes of NXT, two episodes of AEW, including the final episodes of the year for both shows, along with what goes down on the Raw after TLC from Monday night. So, Wrap that, Jack Crosby. This is the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, and you know I have those two words for you. We out. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready,
1: Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrified. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig what's up, man? Bob Marley One Love. Rated PG13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.